Sports Week and all. Listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 6th edition of the sunny side of sports. We kick off Tuesday show with a profile of one of the young stars at the FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar. 21-year-old Bukayo Saka of England. The Arsenal player has scored three goals in Qatar, including England's third goal Sunday when they eliminated African champion Senegal 3-0 in the round of 16. Next up for Saka in the Three Lions of England is a big quarterfinal match Saturday, December 10th against defending World Cup champion France. Saka was asked at a news conference whether the England team believes it can lift the World Cup for the first time since 1966. Yeah, of course, you know, we, we have to believe that, you know, we have to come into this tournament and believe that we can win it. Um, right now, our focus is on the next game, which is France, you know, it's going to be a really difficult game, but, you know, we have to try and get through that and then focus on the next one and, you know, it will get closer and closer and hopefully we give ourselves the best chance to win it. Bukayo Saka was born near London to Nigerian parents. The name Bukayo in the Yoruba language means adds to happiness. And while Saka has definitely had some happy moments in his fledgling football career, one unhappy moment came in last year's European Championship final. Bukayo took England's fifth penalty shot, looking to equalize against Italy. But the Italian goalkeeper, Gianluigi Donnarumma, dived to his left and saved it to secure Italy's second European title. In the aftermath of the European final, Saka received lots of social media abuse, often racist. He says he's tried to put that unhappy moment behind him. To be honest, I feel like personally, you know, I've tried to to move on from that moment. Um, Obviously, I know I can never really forget about it. It's going to be in history, you know. But at the same time, you know, coming out here and scoring those three goals, of course, lifted me a lot. Well, yeah, I've obviously matured and progressed a lot as a player and a person since that moment. And, you know, I wouldn't have stepped up the times I've stepped up for Arsenal to take a penalty if I wasn't confident. So, obviously, if the moment comes, you know, and I'm selected to take it, I'll I'll be more than happy to. Bukayo Saka talks about his three World Cup goals lifting his confidence in the World Cup quarterfinals. Saka and the England team will take on Kylian Mbappe and reigning world champion France. Mbappe leads all scorers with five goals in Qatar. Saka says he's also trying to play down comparisons with Mbappe. <laughs> There's only one Kylian Mbappe and at the same time, there's only one me. You know, I just want to be myself and help my team in the best way I can. You know, there's a lot of young players in this tournament. I can name so many. And even in our team, you know, there's another um, young player alongside us doing unbelievable, unbelievably well in Jude Bellingham as well. So I'm just happy that we're, we're all here. We're all doing well. And 
the priority is to try and win the tournament rather than be the um, player of the tournament or young player of the tournament. Bukayo Saka is a Christian, and he says one of the ways he keeps the faith is by reading the Bible. Yeah, I've been continuing to do that out here, read my Bible every night. For me, it's really important to obviously have the presence of God in me all the time, and it gives me gives me more confidence, you know, that God's plan is perfect, so I can go on the pitch and, you know, know that God has my back. But um, the, the main thing for me is just keeping my faith, you know, just having faith in God, so... I don't need to be nervous or worry about any outcomes because obviously it's my first World Cup. You know, I can I can start worrying about different things and different outcomes, but instead I just choose to put my faith in God. That's Bukayo Saka, the young football star for England and Arsenal. And Bukayo spoke from Qatar. Saka and England will play defending World Cup champion France on Saturday in a quarterfinal match. And former German star Jürgen Klinsmann is looking forward to the encounter. This is now the fascinating part of the tournament. This is what we live and live for. And uh, um, so I just wish England good luck because their pro- the progression, we can all see it kind of internationally. We see it, they're coming, their team is uh, very deep in high-quality players. Obviously, they play in the best league in the world because the Premier League set itself apart from the other top four leagues uh, in, in Europe, and everybody watches the Premier League with all its superstars. So now it's, it's a good time to deliver now. That's Jurgen Klinsmann, who lifted the World Cup trophy with the then West Germany in 1990 in Rome. Meanwhile, former Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger gives his assessment of the England team. I would say it's uh, the big teams have turned up, you know. And uh, when I said before the teams have not uh, uh, been consistent visually, uh, for England is one of them. England has been abs- absolutely outstanding in the first game, has struggled in the, in the second game against the States, and then have come back when needed uh, to... Uh, in a very convincing performance against Wales. So they have been ups and down completely. None of the big countries has been uh, uh, really disappointing. I, I, I would say uh, England is one of these countries who has learned a lot, uh, I believe, in the competitions. They've been in the last four at the last World Cup. They've been in the last two in the European Championship. And contrary to Belgium, for example, it passed the peak England looks to be a team who is now at the peak to deliver and uh, has learned and has still a young team. We heard Arsene Wenger say how the big teams have turned up in Qatar. Well, one of those big teams is five-time world champion Brazil, and the Brazilians certainly look ready to deliver. They ripped through South Korea with four first-half goals Monday as they advanced to the quarterfinals with a 4-1 victory. Vinicius Jr., Neymar, Richarlison, and Paqueta with the goals for the Brazilians, who now look forward to a Friday quarterfinal with Croatia, which beat Japan 3-1 in a penalty kick shootout 
after a one-all draw in extra time. Now we'll hear some post-match reaction from Brazilian fans who spoke with VOA after their team's big victory over South Korea. Very happy today. Very happy. All the way to the World Cup. Neymar is back. No more injury. The leg is perfect. Wrapped up. Ready for World Cup glory. My name is Ahmed. The game is amazing tonight. So I think Brazil is one of the stronger teams. We obviously destroyed South Korea. So I think we're going to win the World Cup once we move on. But Brazil is definitely making the final. Well, my name is Breno. Uh, just came back from the game. Uh, amazing match from Brazil. All the players played superbly. Neymar coming back. I was... I fear that he wouldn't play great, but uh, he was just amazing. He was the man of the match. Richarlison scoring goals, um, midfielders um, playing amazing. Alisson back, speechless. Well, the team is well prepared for the quarterfinals. And if we go through, I'm really confident that we can beat Argentina or, or the Netherlands in the semi. And well, we should see in the final. Uh, but that's it. It is the biggest sports event of the year, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. As part of World Cup, greetings everyone. This is Adi Tomisange, a former assistant referee, World Cup 2002. Please listen to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Ali Tomosange made history at that 2002 FIFA World Cup, jointly hosted by Japan and South Korea. He became the first and only Ugandan to officiate at a World Cup. Magume Davis Rakawinj caught up with Tomosange recently in Kampala. And Tomosange shared some of his experiences. Sporty World Cup greetings, Magume. Sporty World Cup greetings to Tusani and our listeners. Uganda retired referee Ali Tomosange says it requires a lot of preparations and experience officiating at the world's biggest football stage, the World Cup. Tomosange made his trail and remains the only Ugandan to ever officiate at the World Cup. The 2002 Korea-Japan World Cup where amassed four games to his name, including high preference, like the quarterfinals. He had to start with the local, regional, and international tournaments for both junior and senior teams, such as the 1998 AFCON, AFCON Under-20, the Under-20 World Cup held in Nigeria in 1999, and the 2000 African Cup of Nations that was co-hosted by Nigeria and Ghana. So in 2000, I went for the first uh, Club World Cup in Brazil. Um, then uh, I simply passed from Brazil straight to Ghana for the AFCON. Then that same year I went for Olympics, Sydney. Then um, 2002, I was also appointed for my second uh, 
AFCON, Africa Cup of Nations, and from there I went to the World Cup. Officiating at the World Cup isn't any easier, Tomusange says. It's not easy. Of course, the, 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 there's a lot of pressure, whether you like it or not. There's a lot of pressure, but because you've been, at, at least you've gone through some to, big tournaments, at, at least you feel you're at that level, but always the pressure is there. The pressure is there. He says routines like pre-kickoff warm-ups with opposing teams yields more confidence and reduces pressure, especially for high-profile games. He's also a great proponent of modern technology, such as the video assistant referee Oval that is being used at this year's World Cup. He remembers an incident at the 2002 World Cup where he was confronted by Spanish striker Fernando Morientes for ruling out his goal against host South Korea. To me, well, I think uh, they are trying to achieve, at, at, at least they are achieving what they wanted, fairness. I think if we had well by that time, I don't think Morientes would have come to me. I don't think. Because he would have, uh, the, the rules of VAR is that the assistant should wait to put up the flag. Probably I would have followed that. I would not have put up the flag and then it would have been checked. So there would be no reason why Morientes would come to me. So even the match officials now, VAR has lessened their pressure, I'm telling you. Andrew Mangusha, sports analyst in Uganda, says Tomusange inspires referees both in Uganda and in East Africa. He is quite resilient and it, it, it can tell in his, in his role of honor and how far he went. And match officials, of course, they look at him. He went to the highest level possible uh, for, 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 for being an assistant referee. They look at him and they continue dreaming. We've had quite a number at AFCON. We've not had any other at uh, World Cup. Ali Tomsang, quite a legacy. And uh, we are lucky that he's still alive with us and he's serving with FUFA. So he's still that role model, any, any, any uh, aspiring referee in the country to look at and say, well, I want that. Tomusange is also proud of fellow East African, Rwandan referee Salima Mkansanga, who made history as the first African woman to officiate at the Men's World Cup. He says Mkansanga and two other female referees at this year's World Cup will inspire other women to join football careers as players officials. Of course, they are going to inspire other, other women. Those who think that football is for men only, now women are on stage, the biggest stage. So other women, girls, they are going to be inspired to join the frame. And exactly this is what FIFA wants. They want uh, FIFA careful, they want women to deal with their own games. Okay? Uh, we have, uh, there was always a challenge. Why do you appoint women? Uh, locally here in Uganda. Uh, why are you appointing women on, on our matches, uh, on men's matches? Now that they are seeing them even at the World Cup, believe me, they are going to keep quiet now. Yes. Mukan Sanga was the fourth referee as defending champions. Le Bleu of France were up to Austria 4-1 in Group D Opena at Arjunobud Stadium. Tom Sange currently serves as a football consultant and referee instructor. For the sunny side of sports, Ayam Mugume, Davis Rwakarinji Kampala, Uganda. Thanks, Mugume. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music, but I'll say.
Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. I am Mukundani Albert, an African poet. You are listening to the Sony side of sports on the Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat Music Show. Back on the World Cup Beat, I spoke about Ghana's World Cup elimination with my VOA colleagues Muckbill Yabaro and Jackson Vunganyi during our On Goal with Sonny and Muckbill World Cup podcast. You know, I want to get back to that uh, penalty kick taken by Dede Ayu. It's easy for us to second guess, but he looked a little tentative, I thought, when in the run-up to the, to the kick. Yeah, no, no I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and we definitely we have Jackson on the line as well. Um, and I'm sure he can, uh, he can tell us what the feelings are in Accra when IU missed that uh, goal. Jackson, welcome, welcome, Jackson. How you doing, brother? Hello, guys. Sporty greetings from Accra. <laughs> sporty greetings, sporty greetings, Jackson. As we were talking, we were just mentioning um, the Ghana game, and unfortunately, I'm sure you know how it feels. Um, the mood in Accra, I'm sure, is not amazing, um, having lost to Uruguay. But uh, talk to us a little about that goal, like the penalty kick that uh, Captain you had missed um what are your thoughts on that listen that was a match like it was one of those opportunities that you miss and when in hindsight when i'm sure they're going to look back and just kick themselves because if they had just made that penalty this was like in the early minutes it would have been a game changer it would have changed the dynamics of the game and you know the funny thing is i was watching uh, the 2010 game between Uruguay and uh, and the Blacksters uh, uh, in in Soweto, the 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 one where uh, uh, Suarez used his hand to block that uh, uh, the, the 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 ball that would have actually taken them to to the, the semifinals, and um, the the subsequent penalty uh, was by Asamoa Jan was missed, and then they went into penalties because at the time it was uh, in you know in extra time. And they all missed their penalties. And when I saw that, it was just deja vu all over. So much heartbreak here in Accra, man. I'm at the hotel, and uh, it just started raining. There was an event going on, people playing live music, I think some a non-soccer-related event. But just the, the downpour and how it just, like, spoiled the party for everybody was it was just felt like a metaphor for what happened. <laughs> Jackson, I, I know Black Stars fans have to be uh, very disappointed, but... 
they also have a lot to really be proud of. This this is uh, this is a Black Stars team, uh, one of the youngest at the World Cup. Uh, they certainly did some some really nice things uh, in Qatar. Mohamed Kudus uh, played very well. Uh, what's your sense about the the future direction of this Black Stars team? No, first of all. They, you know, let's just say Ghana went into this. They needed to uh, a win or a draw for them to move ahead. Um, but, you know, when you look at the team, uh, the people that I spoke to, the former Black Stars, I spoke to two former Black Stars who looked at this, you know, who were give, I asked them, you know, just give me an understanding of what you think about this Black Stars going forward. And they were really encouraged by the, the talent, the skill level, the cohesion. Many of these guys don't even play together, but when they were on that pitch, uh, at least on Tuesday, we saw the possibility of what they can do, what they are, they're potentially able to do. That's my VOA colleague, Jackson Vunganyi, speaking with us from Accra, Ghana. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. The World Cup football tournament has brought attention to Qatar's record on women's rights. While the country's record on women's rights surpasses that of most Gulf nations, women's football remains undeveloped, something that has caught the attention of female athletes, including a group of players in Spain. Jonathan Spear reports. FIFA claims to be an inclusive organization, but women gathering to play football at this soccer field in Barcelona see a contradiction. Qatar established its first women's national football team in 2010, but it remains largely in the shadows, in part due to social norms that restrict women from wearing shorts in public. Doris left her native Honduras to escape the escalating violence there. She disagrees with the decision to hold the World Cup in Qatar. Because if it's going to be a world football championship, it should be played in a place where football is played and not where playing football is restricted. These women came to escape a variety of difficult situations. Playing here is an outlet for them and a chance to reflect on places like Qatar, where the freedom to play does not really exist for women. The Taliban's takeover in Afghanistan, the wars in Ukraine and Syria, the trafficking of African women, the gang violence in Honduras, violence against women and LGBTI hatred in other countries brought these women to Spain. We ensure that majority leave the pitch with a smile. We know that this moment is, is truly impacting them positively and they always have hope to come back to something they feel good about. A more recent arrival is Svetlana Adamenko from Ukraine. She fled her city of Chuiv, home to a Ukrainian military airbase in the Kharkiv region and often a target of Russian bombs. She fled to Barcelona with her 12-year-old daughter while her husband stayed to fight. 
Svitlana is learning Spanish, and soccer helps her practice the language as well as meet other women facing difficult realities. To feel unity with other people, we can somehow relieve emotional tension due to the fact that terrible actions are taking place in our country. FIFA says women's soccer is generating growing revenues around the world from sponsorships and merchandising. For now, women have no part in the big tournament. For these women here in Spain, having a chance to play on free soil is a small but important victory. Jonathan Spear, VOA News. Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Olympic champions and world record holders Armand Duplantis of Sweden and Sydney McLaughlin Lavrone of the USA, who were named the World Athletes of the Year at a ceremony in Monaco. Duplantis broke the world pole vault record on three occasions and became world champion indoors and outdoors. His pole vault world record currently stands at 6 meters 21. And McLaughlin Lavrone broke the world 400 meters hurdles record and won two gold medals at the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Her world record time is 50.68 seconds. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, Prince Nesta looks back on McLaughlin's world record run in Eugene. American runner Sidney McLaughlin broke her own 400-meter hurdles world record to take gold after clocking to a time of 50.68 seconds, beating her previous record time of 51.41, which she set at the U.S. Championships. The New Jersey native discussed her incredible world record performance. Well, I'll have to start off by saying all the glory to God. Uh, these past few days, just getting ready for this race. Uh, Hebrews 4.16 has been on my mind. Um, coming boldly to his throne to receive mercy and grace. And I think he really gave me the strength to do it today. So all the glory goes to God. And uh, coming into this race, I just wanted to go out there and attack the whole thing. Uh, Bobby and I have been training for this all year. And I just really wanted to go execute. And the last hundred hurt really bad. Uh, but I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful for that time and bringing the medal home to Team USA. That's Sydney McLaughlin Lavrone of Team USA the female world athlete of the year for 2022. Meanwhile, Swedish pole vaulter Armand Duplantis won the male world athlete of the year for a second time. He also won in 2020. And as he continues to set the bar higher, Armand Duplantis looks back and says winning the Olympic gold medal was definitely one of his big achievements. The Olympics is the, the biggest meet in track and field, and, um, you know, by far. And so it's the most important meet of my life to this point, and it's, I guess it would be the most important meet maybe, maybe I'll ever have. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming in as the favorite. All the pressure was on me, and it was kind of one of these things to where, yeah, I mean, if, if, I, if I wasn't to go in there and win, then it's kind of like, almost embarrassing because everybody's been talking to me about it for the past year since it, you know, since it got postponed and I just broke the world record. And so everybody, you know, basically was just expecting me to go in there and win the gold. And, you know, that's kind of tough because it's still, it's still sports and anything can happen and you still have to go out there, you still have to do it. Just do it. 
Wasn't that a Nike slogan way back when? That's Armand Duplantis, the 2022 Male Athlete of the Year. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, you can tune in the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs online by going to voaafrica.com. Right now at the top of the page, we have a special section on the World Cup in Qatar. So check it out. World Cup fever. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. wraps up the December 6th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>